If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Chocolate can be your strength. I've been searching high and low for cocoa products that deliver meaningful amounts of healthful flavanols with great flavor and minimal sugar. So I'm thrilled to have found Flava Naturals. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. But you need to eat five or more ordinary dark chocolate bars every day to match the flavanols consumed in most of these studies. Flava Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate Cocoa Powder and beverages deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate. Their secret is sourcing premium, high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. For more information and to order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. Welcome to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin. I'm your host. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist here in New York, working with Dr. Ronald Hoffman. I also maintain my private practice here in New York as well. Today, I want to talk to you about, and before I go there, for any of you with questions, topics of interest, you can email me. That email is questions at drhoffman.net. That is questions at drhoffman.net. Now, last week, I started talking about a study, a review, a wonderfully done, very well researched, backed up, presented review, which was in endocrinology.com, that statin therapy is not warranted Statin therapy, statin being, you know, your cholesterol, your cholesterol lowering medications, your Lipitor, Zocor, Pravastatin. Statin therapy is not warranted for a person with high LDL cholesterol on a low carbohydrate diet. If you're joining me for the first time, I would encourage you to go here part one from last week. You know where you are. Go to drhoffman.com and go to the previous week's uh, podcast where I weigh in on this research and this particular review about statin therapy not being warranted for someone with high LDL on a low-carb diet. And where I left off last week is where I'm going to pick up, where they were discussing, the researchers discussing the superiority of a coronary artery calcium score to LDL cholesterol in relation to plaque development as well as coronary events in high-risk patients was demonstrated in the research. These investigators identified coronary artery plaque levels as being superior to and independent of LDL cholesterol, LDL cholesterol, that's low-density lipoprotein cholesterol. You all know it, the one that your doctor is concerned with and wants to put you on a statin. In fact, not only just about your LDL, 
They want it just because your cholesterol is over a certain number. They want to put you on a statin, come what may. So researchers have found that the coronary artery calcium scoring levels are superior to and independent of LDL cholesterol as a biomarker of a coronary event rate. And in other related work, researchers reported that coronary events in statin-treated patients were associated with increased coronary artery calcium scores and were unrelated to on-treatment LDL. Moreover, these investigators found that the the ascending gradient of coronary artery calcium scores was associated with increases in fasting glucose and not on not in on treatment LDL values. What they're saying is they found that there was more coronary artery calcium scores in those with increases in fasting glucose, right? And the fact that they also found more coronary artery calcium in those being treated with statins is also very telling because we know that statins, besides increasing the risk for diabetes, particularly in women, statins also deregulate your vitamin K metabolism. Not not deregulate, what do I mean to say? It kind of reduces your vitamin K levels. Well, we need our vitamin K to help keep the plaque out of the coronary arteries and redirect it to our skeletal structure, our bones, where it's supposed to go. Vitamin K is very important among its other myriad of things that it does, like in our clotting mechanisms. So in one representative example of the value of coronary artery calcium scoring, Some researchers reported that over one-third of individuals with very high LDL, we're talking about an LDL alone of over 190. That's just the LDL. That's not the total cholesterol. People with LDL over 190 had a zero coronary artery calcium score. Hence, the zero score coronary artery calcium score had more predictive utility than LDL cholesterol because these individuals had a very low risk for future coronary events. Listen, time and time again, I have seen patients in my own practice, in our practice with Dr. Hoffman, we see people with very, very high LDL. So of course, the next intelligent thing to do is Dr. Hoffman sends them for a coronary artery calcium score, an EBT heart scan, to see what that LDL is doing. And more often than not, we see zero scores. We see no coronary artery calcium, which we find amazing. But, and here is the whole, uh, the, the whole irony of all this the placement of importance on LDL and not much else really has been a disservice according to this research that I'm bringing you today. And so these findings, 
as well as related research, were discussed by scientists who concluded, quote, treatment of individuals with very high LDL, like greater than 190, irrespective of their clinical risk, might not be the most prudent approach. These investigators further noted that low coronary artery calcium scores and therefore the low cardiovascular disease risk in individuals with a very high LDL should make us question, at least in part, of our understanding of the atherosclerotic process. Now, in addition to coronary artery calcium scoring, serological markers have demonstrated clear superiority to LDL cholesterol levels in assessing coronary vascular disease risk. For example, in a study, it was reported that markers of the insulin-resistant phenotype, specifically elevated fasting plasma glucose, hemoglobin A1c, and triglycerides, were all positively correlated with the severity of coronary stenosis. LDL cholesterol levels, in contrast, showed no correlation with coronary stenosis. And just as a reminder to those of you, fasting plasma glucose, hemoglobin A1c is a marker of your average blood sugar over an approximate three-month period, a 12-week period. That's what a hemoglobin A1c is. And triglycerides, high triglycerides we know are an independent risk factor for cardiovascular disease. And these were all positively coronated with severity of coronary artery stenosis. LDL levels, in contrast, showed no correlation with coronary stenosis. In another example, the familial hypercholesterolemia individuals that carry an AB or AB blood group, a blood type, which is actually associated with increased coagulation, they have a two-fold increased risk of cardiovascular disease compared to those with the blood type of O. This is very interesting. Talk about a reason to be taking fish oil. And often overlooked in the discussion about LDL cholesterol as a cardiovascular risk factor is the heterogeneity of different LDL particles. That is, the total LDL cholesterol reported in a conventional lipid panel, represents the sum of heterogeneous population of different LDL particles. And one unique population of LDL particles is known as lipoprotein A. That's lipoprotein, and in parenthesis is a little a. LP little a, which is lipoprotein little a, is a modified LDL particle, right? And the link of LP little a to coronary vascular disease may be driven by its pro-inflammatory effect. And I want to 
little sidebar here. There have others, there have been other studies already that indicated that LP little a is a much stronger marker for cardiovascular disease risk and coronary stenosis than any amount of LDL cholesterol or any cholesterol, period. So lipid peroxidation colonizes within LP little a to contribute to the pathogenesis of coronary coronary uh, cardiovascular disease by promoting endothelial dysfunction, lipid deposition, inflammation, and arterial calcification. This research has provided strong support that for the view that an elevated plasma concentration of lipoprotein A is an independent risk factor for the development of cardiovascular disease in the familial hypercholesterolemia population and non-familial hypocholesterolemia individuals. I'm going to call that FH from now on, familial hypo. Uh, hypercholesterolemia. So it is notable that it was recently reported that correcting for the lipoprotein A component in the total LDL cholesterol measure eliminated isolated LDL cholesterol as a cardiovascular disease risk factor. Now this refined assessment of LDL cholesterol, which takes into account the lipoprotein A subfraction provides a mechanism, a mechanistic basis for why LDL is a poor marker for cardiovascular disease risk. So in summary, the pejorative view of LDL cholesterol as the so-called bad cholesterol which is, inher- which is inherently atherogenic, is not supported by a balanced review of the literature, which is the point of this review that I'm reading to you today. Numerous investigators who have assessed the clinical literature have concluded that the lipid hypothesis persists today only because of the biases of its proponents. Characteristic of this sentiment is the opinion that, quote, evidence falsifying the hypothesis that LDL drives atherosclerosis has been largely ignored. And the perspective of three cardiologists that, quote, LDL cholesterol risk has been exaggerated. Decades of emphasis on the primacy of lowering plasma cholesterol as if this was an end in itself has been misguided. Boom. Did I say boom? Finally, the negative impact of the emphasis on LDL cholesterol reduction in developing therapeutics has also been recognized leading researchers to conclude that the, quote, LDL cholesterol-centric approach to cardiovascular disease prevention may have distracted us 
from investigating other pathophysiologic mechanisms and treatments. Wow. All right, in my opinion, this is long overdue. Because for years and years and years and years, we have patients running to us with their hair on fire because they have a very high cholesterol and their cardiologists want to put them on Lipitor or Zocor or Crestor or Pravastatin, and they don't want to go on it because they know about the side effects. So we look at the particle size, we, but we look at other things like this lipoprotein little a. We also look at homocysteine. These are much higher, more, they were stronger, more specific risk factors of developing coronary stenosis, the plaque buildup in coronary arteries. And ultimately, Dr. Hoffman would send those patients for an EBT heart scan. And if they have this very high cholesterol, say it's 368, their total cholesterol with the very high LDL over 200, and they come back with a coronary artery calcium score of zero, what's the point of going on a statin? Yet, I personally have heard from my patients saying, but my doctor still wants me on a statin even though the coronary artery calcium score is zero. Is this a knee-jerk reaction? by doctors and cardiologists? Is this CYA? You know what CYA stands for, right? Cover your backside. (laughs) Cover your ass, right? I mean, it really appears to be that it's not up for discussion. They see this, they see this number, you've got to go on a statin. Never mind all the evidence, like a coronary artery calcium score, that shows the contrary. Why? So here we are. Now, let's talk about insulin resistance, lipids, and cardiovascular disease. There is extensive literature demonstrating that biomarkers other than LDL cholesterol provide more reliable assessments of cardiovascular risk. Furthermore, Mechanisms have been clearly described for these biomarkers, affording biological plausibility. And of these other risk factors, insulin resistance, which is related to hyperinsulinemia and hyperglycemia, is perhaps the most important. Now, over three decades ago, Gerald Reven summarize the research on insulin resistance by stating that the physiological, quote, attempt to compensate for insulin resistance sets in motion a series of events that play an important role in the development of both hypertension and coronary artery disease, and that variations in insulin-stimulated glucose uptake determine to an enormous degree the likelihood that an individual will develop premature atherosclerotic vascular disease. Now, other scientists' conviction that those with cardiovascular disease not known to have diabetes were simply undiagnosed revealed his insight into the core mechanisms of cardiovascular 
disease. Contemporary research has confirmed that insulin resistance is a strong and independent predictor of cardiovascular disease with compelling evidence that insulin resistance is a major causal influence on the pathophysiology of cardiovascular disease. This is driven in no small part by the causal role of insulin resistance in the development of type 2 diabetes itself being the greatest risk for cardiovascular disease. Let me just say, it begins with insulin resistance, which causes the derangements in LDL, making small dense atherogenic particles, which causes the derangements in high triglycerides, which causes, which is also all about the, the high fasting, fasting glucose levels. All of these derangements, the, the, it's the association with hypertension, all of which I'm going to dive into this more as, as I go even deeper into this review. It's not, you know, it's not lost on me or anyone else that knows. Dr. Atkins used to describe type 2 diabetes as a form of cardiovascular disease. And can I tell you, we see the diagnosis of type 2 diabetes, but you rarely see a diagnosis of, of pre-diabetes. We're seeing it more and more often in the last five to 10 years, which I'm very pleased about. And we're even seeing more people diagnosed with syndrome X, AKA metabolic syndrome. This is associated at its core with insulin resistance, hyperinsulinemia, hyperinsulinism. This is where it's all starting because that is the promoter of inflammation among other things. So this is critical knowledge and this needs to become more mainstream and I'm hoping more and more at least endocrinologists as well as cardiologists are reading about this. Now there are myriad mechanisms whereby insulin resistance contributes to the pathogenesis of atherosclerosis. So I'm going to be going into a part three of this review. So stay tuned next week for part three of this review of statin therapy is not warranted for a person with high LDL cholesterol on a low carbohydrate diet. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.